0: Welcome to Malpractice Podcast.
1: So, are you ready to get started?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm very ready to get started. I was very excited for you to say it, and I'm very excited for this episode.
1: And your name is Sydney,
0: and your name is Jessica,
1: and we usually forget to introduce ourselves because we do we're almost always. Ridic. Yeah,
0: we just assume that anyone who's listening is one of our parents. Correct. <laughs> also, my dad. I convinced my dad to listen to our podcast, and I was like, "Hey,
1: <gasps> oh my uh, god, you should really
0: listen!" Right. My dad is not tech savvy, so this was like a big deal. And he started listening to podcasts and then he was like, have you ever heard of the podcast Meat Eater? You should listen to that one. And I was like, so did you listen to mine? And he was like, yeah. I was like, did you think it was good? He was like, yeah, I feel like I learned some things, but this podcast Meat Eater. And I was like, okay, wow, 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 wow. wow. (laughs) Why don't you be his dad then? (laughs) No, he's Um, the best. Yeah, he is the best. So what are you up to these days? How are you doing?
1: So let me tell you what Corey did this weekend. Tell me. I'm already mad. I'm letting you know you're going to be mad, too. So me and For Michelle, anyone who's a new listener, oh, Corey yeah. is Jessica's dog. My doggie. So she's like—I love her, right? She's very spoiled. Mm-hmm. I'm learning that she's um, actually, like, not super well-behaved, but—okay. So she—we got her two new beds. We got her Two new one, beds? Yeah, because we want—and by we, I might mean me— I want mm-hmm. her to have, like, a living room bed, like a couch. Okay. And then I also want her to have one in the kennel so we don't have to take it in and out because she sleeps in her kennel at night. That makes sense. So yeah. we we got her two new ones, and then we took her to see Michelle's mom um,
0: mm-hmm. this
1: weekend and, and her family. And um, we took that bed, and we left her in her kennel, like, for a couple hours, came back. When I tell you... I don't know what I thought had happened when I opened the door, but there was, there was Corey's little cute face Mm -hmm. and mounds of (gasps) pillowy stuffing. Yeah. But I was like, (gasps) and then it was, she had just torn it up because she was mad that we loved her. Like she had anxiety and so she tore it to pieces. I mean, same. I I get it. I get her vibe. I am very mad that she did that. I would have freaked out. I was like, oh, I did freak out. What did you do? And then she didn't have a bed, so I felt bad. I freaked the fuck out. Did you, you got mad at her? Yeah, but like, it's hard to get mad at her. You've seen her face. She's super cute, yeah. She's like, mm. And she knows and it, it like, too. Okay. Yes. She knows she's cute, and that's like part
0: of the problem.
1: I, M, O. That is the full problem. <laughs> that is the problem. Mm-hmm. But um, all that to say, I went and got her another one today. <laughs> Love that. Of course you did.
0: What else is new? Tonight I made red beans and rice for dinner, and and Ooh. so I was late to recording because I didn't know how fucking long those things take. It takes a long time? You have to soak them overnight and then cook those motherfuckers for like a full hour.
1: An hour. Wait, red beans? Yeah. The red beans, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's a lot of yeah. effort.
1: Was it good, though? It was good, yeah. It was pretty good. Yeah. Was it worth it? Is what I'm saying. It was
0: worth. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, I'm borderline. I'm borderline. Yeah. <laughs> Probably won't do it again soon. There we go. There's the ticket. <laughs> She'll never do it again. <laughs> um. Also, from where I'm recording in my closet, can you tell that
0: I've cleaned <laughs> We're out? We're s- recording. <laughs> can you tell how clean it is?
1: No, your closet looks so good. I have my closet has never. <laughs> I literally gave away I'm gonna say fifty pounds of clothes. That feels like it's not true because I could see your rack. It is a you.
0: mound. It is a mound. I filled up Eric's entire trunk with clothes and shoes.
1: And did you mail them to me or like what happened? I did put some aside for you. I'm not gonna lie. Perfect. That's what I love about Sydney. That was a, that's what I like about Texas. <laughs> was that a, was that a Dairy Queen? It was. <laughs> okay. Right right. I'm here for it. Yeah. We love Dairy Queen. <laughs> Jesus. If I had to name stuff, it would be the stupidest names.
0: Same, honestly. Except Malpractice. You named Do-do, our podcast. Do-do-do. And that was clutch. That is. If that's not on my gravestone,
1: fuck. I will haunt every motherfucker I know. Clutch as fuck. <laughs> Clutch as fuck. Yeah. Let
0: me be responsible for your graves. I mean, first of all, I probably will be. Um but I will absolutely put that in your gravestone and if you think I'm joking, <laughs> you about to see from beyond. Um, I have no idea what's going on outside of my house, but if anyone else can hear this, I'm so sorry, because there have been like sixteen sirens since we started recording and Eric, our chief's Eric, our chief sound engineer, (laughs) just Mm -hmm. texted me and he was like,
1: the sirens must be great for your podcast recording. Okay, his sarcasm is going to get him demoted super quick. Or um, He's always playing around. Yeah, we're going to take away the first dollar that we make. Yeah, because that is his. We owe him negative money
0: now. He owes us money.
1: Yeah, yeah, facts. That feels fair. I mean sans the free labor. Correct. Um, y'all, Sydney has a wild story today. Yeah. I say that just because I know what she's gonna cover. I don't know anything else. But I am so excited. Like Me I'm too. actually excited. Yeah, same. Not that I'm normally not excited when I should I shouldn't have said it like that, but I'm very <laughs> excited. It's
0: a very um it's very different. So yeah um, are you ready?
1: I'm I'm honestly not ready. I'm like, I have chills.
0: You ain't ready for this. So today, Jess already knows, but to the rest of our Mal Pals, um, today I'm going to cover mummies and the history of mummification in Egypt. And then I'm also going to cover some really cool ancient Egyptian medical information and medical knowledge that they had. So I'm going to start off with the story of Osiris and Isis. So these are, um, this is a god and a goddess that was like one of the most important couples in ancient Egyptian mythology. So Osiris is considered like one of the most important, if not the most important god of ancient Egypt. He's often pictured in their mythology wearing a crown that would have made him like a pharaoh or a king of Egypt. And throughout his life, people said he was actually a king and he was super chill and fair and the land prospered under him and like everybody loved him right unfortunately mm. this made his brother seth like mad jealous so one day Sne- seth, sneth. sneth seth sneth seth snuck up behind sneth. him <laughs> sneaky sneth seth snuck up <laughs> behind him and murdered the king by literally stabbing him in the back
1: is that where we get that phrase yes so
0: Maybe, I don't know. I made <laughs> that up. You know that for sure. oh. <laughs> <laughs> No.
1: <laughs> no, I straight okay. up just made it up. Um, you so, say yes with conviction. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> so much conviction, right? That's the key to mm-hmm.
0: everything, really. So mm-hmm. while this was happening, Osiris's wife, Isis, who is considered probably the most important Egyptian goddess, saw her husband's murder and was, like, absolutely devastated, as you would be if you saw your spouse get murdered, Right. Right. So she took his body and she hid it because she knew magic that could bring him back to life. The brother Seth was so jealous that when he found out about this, he found the body uh, on the banks of the Nile River and chopped it into pieces
1: and spread them all over Egypt.
0: Um, okay. Yes. Feels like overkill, but what do I know?
1: Literally the most... That is not (laughs) where I thought that was going to go. I thought he was going to, like, stab her. Like, he just... Sneaky Sneth loves to stab, but no, he likes also to chop.
0: And and dismembering. So Ew. the grieving wife, Isis, who is also like, she's like a badass witch queen bitch. Okay, we love her. A witch queen bitch. Sounds like something my students used to call me. <laughs> <laughs> I just submitted grades, so some of my students are probably calling me that right meow.
1: <laughs> right Meow.
0: She collected the pieces of her husband's body and she put them back together with linen cloth, like strips of linen cloth.
1: Oh, got, got and it. And she was now able I see.
0: yes, through her witchiness, to bring his soul back to his dead body through and reanimate witchiness. his dead body. So Osiris, after that, became the god of death and resurrection, and people started looking to him to help them understand and cope with their end-of-life rituals. And that's how Mm. mummification became a thing, because according to their like cultural and religious beliefs, it was kind of widely believed that if people cared about you enough after your death to prepare your body this way, you could also come back and continue living on in the afterlife.
1: What is Isis? Is she like the queen of death or what? She's like She's a got a bunch queen. of different things, but Isis
0: is like, mm-hmm. she's the goddess of a bunch of different stuff, like fertility, and um, mm-hmm. I think she has some stuff to do with, like, resurrection, but I know she also, uh, like, yeah. I think watches right. over moms while they're, like, giving birth and stuff. She's, like, spring and fertility and, like, you know.
1: Got it, got it. Okay. That's her whole
0: vibe. So the earliest mummies that they ever found were prehistoric and were probably made accidentally Because in Egypt, there's (laughs) lots of, like, dry air and sand in the air that made buried bodies Mm -hmm. really easy to preserve. So it wasn't until 2600 BC or so when they started intentionally mummifying their dead uh, during the fourth and fifth dynasties of ancient Egypt. The quality of the mummification process basically depended on how important you were and how much you paid for it. So some of the best preserved mummies include the pharaoh Tutankhamun. Uh, whose burial treasure included Mm -hmm. over 5,000 intact pieces with a mask and a coffin weighing over 120 kilograms of solid gold. And I'll be telling you more about that guy's Mm -hmm. story in a bit because it is absolutely authentically wild. Dang. So mummification was part holy ritual and part medical practice for the people of ancient Egypt. So there were statues and engravings that showed doctors and nurses working side by side with priests to help with the mummification process. And it was like a really carefully orchestrated ritual. Interesting. In May of this year, in 2020, a team of archaeologists and Egyptologists discovered what is called the necropolis at Saqqara. And that's the first ever completely intact burial complex that's ever been discovered, which told them a ton about how the process actually worked. Wait, this year? This year, yeah. In the year of our Lord COVID? Yes uh from what we know now the whole process took 70 days and the first step was basically removing all their vital organs because obviously they had figured out that if they left them in the body they would cause decay of the body
1: Mm -hmm. i wonder do you ever wonder how these people figured this stuff out
0: i think it's just trial and error honestly
1: yeah but who was like you know what you guys we gotta figure out What is making these bodies decay? Let's take everything out of it and see what happens. Like, who's the first guy who's like, look, I got a weird request. Like, who's that guy? Who's the first guy that saw
0: a cow and was like, give me them chop?"
1: (laughs) Because that's the guy. I thought you were going to say. Well, I think what they did was they saw the little baby cows drinking and they're like, my. They were like, you know, I'm thirsty, too. Literally, that's Feels what a I little think. Little gross to me, weirdos. but okay,
0: do you? Um, okay. Feels super gross. In the next step, they s- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they stuck a little hook. I'm so stuck on your titty joke. <laughs> so
1: cute. They'd laugh.
0: <laughs> so in the next step, they stuck a hooked object up the nose to break through the ethmoid bone, kind of at the top of your nose. It's where you'd have to break through your skull to reach your brain.
1: It's where they touch for the covid test. Correct. Yes. all the way there that was good just scrape it that was really good (laughs) i ain't even mad just about covid level (laughs) yeah so
0: they hit the covid spot and then they they break through your skull and they pull the brain out through your nose
1: okay and so so brains are like elastic or like what the fuck how they're kind of like they're smushy but harder than
0: you would expect
1: I mean, you're a scientist, so you would know. I touch brains all the time. That is, fuck, that (laughs) right there. You're our next topic, because that shit is wild. (laughs) Can you touch a brain, yes or no? No.
0: Okay, fair enough. (laughs) Me, no. You, yes. Me, yes. i do it. So they thought that this organ, the brain, was basically useless, so they just threw it away. They took it out, and they were like, bye. (laughs) Um... And they did all of this without disfiguring the face because the person is going to get to the afterlife and they want their loved ones to know who they are. So it's important, especially if you're super rich, that they don't mess up your face while they're doing this. Yeah. Then they cut open the left side of your torso and they remove the stomach, liver, lungs, and intestines and they would actually leave the heart in place because they believed that the heart was like the seat of human intelligence. So basically when the person got to the afterlife... What they thought is they would stand in front of a panel of judges and tell them several things like, I did not lie, I did not steal, etc. And if they could answer those questions truthfully, it would determine whether they were going to pass on into the afterlife or not.
1: So if they didn't pass on, where did they think they went? They just stood there for eternity being like, I did not lie. And they're like, you will lie. No, there's some bullshit coming. So... Oh really? Yes. Oh shit! Okay.
0: To test whether they were telling the truth, they would put the heart on a giant scale, and it was weighed against what they called the feather of truth. If it was heavier than the feather, like you're, you have a heavy heart because you're lying about shit. Um, mm-hmm. If it was heavier than the feather, the heart and the person would get eaten by a giant crocodile. God. Okay.
1: <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Let me run that back. Uh-huh. You keep your heart. You lose everything else. Fuck your brain. Fuck all. Yeah. That nobody shit. cares about keep that. Keep your heart. You go to the afterlife mm-hmm. doors, and there's, like, a panel. A panel of, like, of 60 people. judges, yeah. Of 60? Six zero. Okay. yeah. So you got 60 people to convince, and they're like, nah, you got to ask the feather about this business. So mm-hmm. you go, get the feather. You take your heart out of your already otherwise empty body. You measure it, and if it's heavy, a crocodile god eats you. Correct, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's all, all right.
1: right. That is weird.
0: Um, but they were really into this, and they thought that basically this was like your second life. So as soon as pharaohs mm-hmm. started getting into power, they would immediately start preparing their tombs because they were like, okay. Eventually, this motherfucker's going to die. <laughs> it's like 2000 BC. Like, I'm going to die any day now. <laughs> so I better
1: start prepping Literally. now. Interesting. That's wild.
0: In the next step, the body is dried with natron. And natron is like a sodium based chemical and it's basically baking soda and salt. Mm-hmm. And they packed it around the body. And so it left this like super dried out, but really recognizable human form. So your face still looked like your face. Hey, okay, that's
1: so creepy, but okay.
0: Um, you were just dried out, right? Like Weird. all the water leaks okay. out of your skin. So. After 60 full days of being dried out. So you're beef jerky by this point. The body would be wrapped with linen bandages. Yes, you're basically beef jerky. And the priest wrapping it would be reciting spells and burning incense because these mummies were like really sacred beings who were like about to transfer into the afterlife.
1: Plus that you got to pray for that crocodile god not to eat your ass. Stay away from me, croc. So, (laughs) (laughs) You and what is that guy's name? The sneak. What was his name? Seth. Sneth Sneth. (laughs) Sneth, the sneaky snake. Yeah, he might be there too. I don't know. So if you were rich as fuck, they would also,
0: while they were wrapping your bandages, they would wrap a mask of your face between the layers so you would be extra recognizable. Wait, what? So when they were wrapping, yeah, they would put like a face mask. And so like King Tut, when we talk about him later, Mm -hmm. his tomb, he had a solid gold face mask that weighed 20 pounds of solid gold.
1: Because, because that's was like, just a casual it, you know, think about the max we have to wear now. <laughs> right, correct. <laughs> He's like twenty pounds of this bitch on his way Perfect. to H E D.
0: He's like, Oh, you can't breathe? I'm I'm actually fine. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. <laughs> So while they're wrapping the layers, they would also coat the body in resin between the layers of linen to help preserve it. They might also include things like protective amulets, knives, or weapons. If you were especially good with like a bow and arrow, they would include a bow and arrow. For
1: the crocodile or for what? What were they putting all that stuff Yeah,
0: anything that might attack you. Oh, that's
1: so interesting.
0: So they were afraid in the afterlife that like your enemies would come for you or the crocodile, whoever. And so they wanted you to be able to protect yourself. Damn, so wait.
1: So you're going to be in the afterlife with your enemies? Like, they can't put you in a different afterlife so that you have some space? Nah,
0: dog. Damn, so you can die in the afterlife? You're all there. Jesus. Everybody's mixed in together. You can for sure get attacked in the afterlife and die. What the heck? Okay. It's like life
1: part two. Some scary stuff. Literally, nah, I'm not into that.
0: They would also include, like, necklaces and other jewelry and, like, protective amulets. And the whole idea was to protect the body from danger that they might encounter on the way to the afterlife. They basically believed that the body housed the soul, even in death, so it had to be in good condition when you came back. When your soul came back to, like, reanimate the body, they wanted it to be in perfect condition, so you could just walk up in there and be like, what's up? I'm still alive. So the whole process basically, like, marked the end of your life on Earth, and began your journey to the afterworld. And in the afterworld you needed lots of stuff around you to be like happy like
1: you are in <laughs> real life, right? Why is that so funny to me? <laughs> just me? No. You have to have a lot of stuff around you so you're happy like in real life. Like you can't go with, with you can't just go with the clothes on your back. Nobody else, nobody else has a shopping problem?
0: <laughs> she says in her walk-in closet full of shit. Um, that's me. <laughs> I'm coming at me right now. So they had tombs full of, like, furniture and paintings and statues and carving and food, and they even mummified their pets. That
1: is something I'm interested in. Lots of people <laughs> included... Cory. Uh, Corey. Cory's Corey? giving you the side eye? <laughs> I love her. Some
0: people included mummified cats because they were especially good luck. Like in the tombs at Saqqara, which dated back over 4,000 years, cats were often left as a tribute to the goddess Bastet, Mm -hmm. who had the body of a woman and the head of a lioness, and she was the goddess of the home and fertility and childbirth. She protected your home from evil spirits, so it would make sense to include, like, tributes, like mummified cats to her in your tomb. Gotcha. Which would be your home after you died. So when they were building these things, they weren't building them like tombs. They were building them like, this is going to be my palace. Like, I have to live here. I see. Okay, okay, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. She was also known to help guide and protect the dead in their afterlife. So she had this sort of cult center called the Bubastasis, and people from all over traveled Mm -hmm. around to pay tribute to her. In one priest's tomb at this religious site, they even found a mummified baby lion. Like, they don't even know where it came
1: from, but they're like, they had a lion here. There was a lion here. Oh, he probably yeah. came just for that one reason. Ooh, poor little yeah. lion.
0: He's like, I gotta pray to this goddess, and they were like, gotcha, lion. You Aww, good luck for little me lion now. guy. In the recent discovery at Saqqara, they found fully, a fully intact mummification workshop, which had never been found before. And that included special chambers where each step of the process was completed. What's really unique is that these aren't like modern funeral homes where they process like a ton of people in the same place. The workshops would actually be built and then buried along with the person and filled with like goods and and food and paintings and sculptures and whatever they needed. Um, Especially if the person was super important, like they all had their own little burial workshop. And so because of mummification, the ancient Egyptians had a crazy advanced knowledge of both human and animal anatomy. They have some of the first written medical texts. They prescribed tinctures and medications. They performed surgeries and they diagnosed and triaged patients. We know about their super advanced medical knowledge because inside these tombs, they buried these beautifully preserved papyrus scrolls that tell us exactly what they did, including the precise method for performing certain surgeries. One text called the Ebers Papyrus contained over 800 different remedies for different ailments and has remedies passed down from as late as 3400 BC.
1: Wow, my gosh. Okay, so does that scroll talk about what kind of medical knowledge they had? Like, did they know what certain organs did? No,
0: actually, yeah. That's crazy. They totally knew... They knew about some things, right? They, they thought the brain was useless, but they, they did know. That is, they're super wrong. Super wrong about that. Some people's brains are useless, though. That's not unfair. I saw this thing the other day, and it was a meme, and it was about human brains decided that the brain is the most important organ. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so they totally knew that the heart pumped blood around the rest of the body, and while their knowledge wasn't, like, entirely accurate, it was super sophisticated at the time. I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah. For the time, they're, like, geniuses.
0: Right. They knew that vessels carried blood. They knew it ran uh, from the heart and out to the forelimbs and the head. There's even some evidence that they knew that blood carried, like, oxygen or um, air out to the tissues. That text actually says when people breathe through the nose, the air enters their heart, lungs, and belly. Wow. And and then later it says it, like, carries it to the rest of the body. And it's like they didn't even know what oxygen was, and they, like, knew that you breathed in air that went to
1: your other organs. I mean— they know Super more cool. than me, basically, is what you're saying.
0: Yeah, they even knew about things like depression and dementia. <gasps> dementia? Unfortunately, yeah. They actually thought it was because there were, like, blocked spiritual channels or that you had somehow pissed off one of the gods who was, like, punishing you by making you go crazy. Well. They even had specific doctors who specialized in treating, like, certain problems or organs, pretty much like we do today. They had proctologists who would give people enemas, and this doctor oh, was called hell nah. the Fute. Which translates into shepherd of the anus.
1: <laughs> nah, that's disgusting. And, and I just wanted to include that. You wanted to say shepherd of the anus is what you wanted. I really wanted to say it so bad. Ugh, that so, is not. I am not here for that.
0: I actually am. Oh,
1: their no. Their medical
0: beliefs were like really closely tied with their religion, so they often included prayers that were said, or religious potions or incantations that were used, even which gods they prayed to or made sacrifices to. And this sometimes led to cures that were not exactly uh, medically ideal, Oof. for instance. About to get into some weird stuff. That includes the use of animal poop in wounds. Oh, no. In the same Ebers Papyrus from 1500 BC, they described in great detail the use of donkey,
1: gazelle, dog, and fly poop for their ability to ward okay. off evil spirits. Fly poop? Like, yes. what do you mean? Never... I've never seen fly poop. Who who could collect a fly poop? Ancient Egyptians could. Who is looking for they fly found it. poop? They knew what it was. They found it. Who is this cat turd collector? That's a, <laughs> that's a great <laughs> question. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: obviously like rubbing sh- literal shit in your wounds may have led to tetanus or other infections. However, I will say there's some research that's been published over this specific topic that shows that certain type of poop may have antibiotic substances that may
1: have been of some
0: help in warding off infections.
1: Okay, let me just say this. We are not <laughs> uh-huh. telling you. Listen, shit is crazy in this world, and I don't know what you guys out there are down with. Do not <laughs> rub poop in your open <laughs> wounds. For the love of God. <laughs> Please do not just like a do quick- that. We are not... Telling you to do that?
0: No, please don't sue us. Don't add us.
1: Allegedly, if you put poop in your own open wound, that is your problem. Now. Yeah. Also, this just like really quickly,
0: I'm gonna give like a trigger warning. If you're really squeamish and you aren't ready Ooh, to hear this, God. you may want to skip ahead
1: like 15. It's like seconds. you're speaking directly to my soul.
0: Um, in one text, they actually recommend a method of birth control. Yes where women were told to make a plug out of crocodile shit (gasps) and insert it into their vagina (gasps) to prevent pregnancy, which is wild. Can you even imagine?
1: Wait. (laughs) Wait. Okay. Wait. Who? Wait. when you are. (laughs) Ooh. That's disgusting. Wait. How do you collect crocodile Crocodile poop? poop? Now, that's a real question. Yeah, I, I got real questions out here. I'm not ready to collect crocodile poop. How would you even know? How could you tell what it was? Were there women doctors or is this just men again? I'm going to tell you
0: about it. So in ancient Egypt, doctors (laughs) could be of any gender, but they're mostly pictured as being male. Go figure. Patriarchy. Yep. Mm Um. And they may have had like some kind of religious training to go along with their medical training. So many of them acted as priests, especially since their treatments involved incantations, amulets, religious tattoos and sacrifices and things like that. But there was one super dope physician named Merit Pata, and she was credited as being the first female to practice medicine. She was called in some texts the Lady Overseer of Physicians. Okay. And according to some depictions that have been found, she taught others the practice of medicine at a school, like a formal medical school in SACE. So she's basically the first, like, MD, PhD of her time. Okay, bitch. There was also famously, because I knew you were going to ask about this, so I wanted to be ready. <laughs> there was also famously this woman named Agnadis from Athens. Wow, that is a
1: beautiful name.
0: Honestly, I don't hate it. She left ancient Greece when she was denied entrance into medical school for being a woman. And so she went to practice in ancient Egypt where women were like widely respected in the field. And she was like, hell yeah, I'm going to take my talents here. Mm -hmm. So they also had this other famous text that they call the Hearst Medical Papyrus. Um, Mm -hmm. And it shows that they knew actually pretty well how to treat urinary tract infections. They had uh, cures for common issues like diarrhea They knew about contraception, fertility. They actually developed the earliest known pregnancy test. What was it? Do we know? I do know. I can tell you a little bit about my frogs that I work with in the lab. My frogs originate in Africa, and they're called African clawed frogs. So maybe this was it. I don't know. But when you're pregnant, you produce a hormone called human chorionic gonadotropin, and if pregnant women pee on these frogs, it makes them ovulate because human chorionic gonadotropin stimulates ovulation in the frogs as well. So they probably did something like that. They peed on a frog, and then if the frog laid
1: eggs, then they knew they were pregnant. Do you ever, like, look at yourself in the mirror and think, I'm the smartest <laughs> bitch I know? Because I look at you on this Zoom and I'm like, how do you know this stuff? You know so much stuff. <laughs> I know useless stuff. Everyone, go find a frog and pee on go it. Go find a frog and pee on it if you can't afford a pregnancy out. test. That's wild. That is crazy cool. I mean, practice with caution. No yeah. crocodile poop is all I'm going to say. Do the, do the frog Don't thing. Don't ever. If you're going to try something here, pee on a frog. Keep-
0: Stick to the amphibians, not the reptiles. So another reason that the ancient Egyptians were really advanced for their time is that they valued cleanliness above all. And while they didn't know about like sterilizing medical equipment necessarily, their surgical mortality rate was actually lower for certain procedures than in most European hospitals until the mid 20th century. Damn. And this is like 3400 BC. Damn. So they were killing it. Yes. Unlike most people at the time,
1: doctors were expected
0: to, like, bathe and wash themselves every day. That is fucking wild that
1: people didn't take baths, but okay.
0: Yes, it absolutely is. They had assistants that included, like, midwives, nurses, and attendants. They even had sharp metal scalpels, uh, clamps for stopping the blood flow, forceps, and a lot of common medical tools that are basically still in use today. That's cool. So they could successfully fix broken bones. They knew how to stitch up cuts and wounds without causing infection. They used willow leaves to help with inflammation and swelling and aloe for burns. They use mint to treat bad breath. They basically yeah. had this like really advanced homeopathic understanding of medicine and treating the human body that's actually like really incredible for their time. Oh, yeah. It's incredible for some people today. Honestly, authentically. So rulers from other empires at the time would even write to Egyptian pharaohs asking them to send their physicians to treat rulers' sick relatives. So they would, like, travel across the world to, like, help other people, too. Are these the first celebrities, would we say? Authentically, it feels that way, because there was a lot written about them. And, like, who else do you know about from 3400 BC? Shit.
1: Nobody. I can't think of anyone from BC. (laughs) Same. (laughs) any any kind of person literally. okay so are we going to learn about king tut because i know that name like when you said his name Mm -hmm. i was like i know who that is but um beyond that i don't know anything
0: (laughs) yeah no honestly that's that's fair enough so back to king tut okay because the story of his mummification and discovery is like mad interesting Mm -hmm. um his tomb was discovered in 1922 by a british egyptologist named howard carter it took them over 10 years to catalog everything they found inside his tomb, including two, a thousand gold sculptures, pieces of jewelry, and other items for, like, 5,000 items total. So all of this Jeez. sounds super impressive, but basically everyone thinks that King Tut wasn't actually that good a ruler. He was just, like, super full of himself. <laughs> he just, like, had a lot of shit, is what you're saying. Yes. His dad was, like, an OG pharaoh that people were, like, obsessed with at first. And his Mm -hmm. name is Akhenaten. And he was married to Queen Nefertiti, who I feel like everyone will recognize that name. Yeah, I know who that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's King Tut's mm, maybe mom. Nobody knows.
1: Yeah, Um, you ain't wrong there. (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah eventually he led people Akhenaten led people to worshipping only one god which was like a complete 180 from what they've been doing forever which is like multi- mu- worshipping multiple gods for like different reasons right yeah yeah like a sun god and a moon god and whatever so basically as soon as he took office or kingship office? whatever <laughs> I was like I what do you call it as soon as
1: the electoral votes came in <laughs>
0: okay He started implementing these changes where he's like, we're going to worship one god. And it was like, not the main god. And people were like, okay, whatever you say. And then the Black Plague swept through Egypt. And people turned on his ass quick. Quick, yes. With a quickness. Because they Mm -hmm. basically assumed that he had angered the gods by making everyone worship this like one god. And they were like, okay, well, you're screwing up.
1: Yeah, you definitely did. Then
0: the royal harem, which is like a crazy phrase to me was completely ravaged by the plague, as in the Black Plague. So many royals, including his wife Nefertiti, died. So he did the completely mm. normal thing, which we would all do, and got remarried, um, except he did it to his oldest daughter.
1: No. <gasps>
0: yep. Whose name is Meritaten?
1: This is some shit. If this was yes. a show, I would watch this shit.
0: <laughs> Authentically, I'm like, what are we doing not having a show about this? Literally. So, his oldest daughter's name was Maritotten. That's pretty too. Damn, they
1: got good names,
0: right? And she decided it would be cool to take the title "Great Royal Wife" from her own mother.
1: I mean, she's um, good. Yeah, right. But aren't they worried about seeing them in the afterlife? Like, I would be so concerned. Like, I I'd, I'd be like, pack me extra ten swords. <laughs> yeah, <'cause laughs> I need my mom. Like, my mom was my mom. My might ass. be mad at me. <laughs> So incest wasn't like
0: uncommon at this time, but it obviously sounds like super weird when we talk about it now and just wait because it's going to get weirder. I cannot wait. Eventually, after their dad died, one of his daughters, a different one, was crowned as Mm -hmm. a pharaoh, but she was disguised as a male because women were not allowed to rule unless they were married to a male ruler. What's really weird is that... There's some evidence that Maritotten, who was married to her dad, also married this new pharaoh, who was also her sister, disguised as a mm-hmm. dude. Mm-hmm. So these two sisters ruled as married female pharaohs, not queens, which is dope as hell. Besides the whole incest thing. <laughs> well,
1: I mean, listen. Yeah. Do what you gotta do, girl. Yeah. Like, if... Listen weirder things have happened I'm sure that's yeah. that's cool honestly that's cool so basically people
0: thought that while the whole plague thing was like killing everyone uh, the pharaoh Akhenaten their dad wanted to keep his family in power no matter what and the rules were that queens had to be married to a king to keep the crown so he's like fuck it my daughter's the king great and he had crowned her he had her crowned as the pharaoh was he
1: like dying or something like, why did he give it up? Yes. Oh, I see, I see. He, like, knew he was going to die. Okay, okay. Um, well, good for him for acknowledging it. Yeah. I Honestly, whatever. Do what you got to do to keep power, right? I mean, not today, but it, at that time, yes. We don't want to give these people yeah, some wild not right. ideas. Not anything. <laughs> that
0: is not unfair. Do you hear me, sir? Um... There were paintings and inscriptions describing the sister's reign, but a lot of them have been destroyed because the next king after King Tut, who was their brother, was like, nah.
1: He was probably like, this shit is fucking crazy. Yeah, he was
0: like, y'all wild.
1: Like, we cannot have people talking about this. Right. (laughs) We got to keep keep this on the low low. This is embarrassing, even though it's cool as fuck. The whole female king was like super uncommon,
0: but especially since the two girls would have been ruling at the age of 14 and 16 and married, and sisters. They
1: only had like 20 good years, like max. Listen,
0: that's not untrue. What's super weird about King Tut's tomb, and I promise all of this is related, is that a bunch of the stuff in King Tut's tomb, including the gold vases that held his organs, were originally made for his sister Meritaten. Like he literally crossed her name out and was like, this is mine now. <laughs> Like, <laughs> like, he literally, there was evidence that they, like, scraped it off and then, like, mm. wrote over it. King Tut mm-hmm. instead of Meritaten, right? Wow. And so, a lot of the stuff in his tomb basically had her name scratched out with his etched over it, and there were even statues of female pharaohs with breasts and whatnot, mm. clearly indicating that this, like, really elaborate tomb had originally been meant for a woman, and everybody thinks it's probably his sister's.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: So, nobody really knows, like, how that went down. It's, like, a really interesting mystery. So
1: interesting.
0: Some have theorized, however, that the statue's actually were meant for him and that he had gynecomastia, which means like um basically male breast, or that he had Klinefelter's mm. disease and he had an extra chromosome and was like XXY.
1: Interesting. One of the
0: other things that's super cool about him is that in 2010, he was the first ever mummy that the Egyptian government allowed to undergo DNA analysis to uncover genetic information. Oh,
1: if we get into some more
0: shit. And that revealed that King Tut's mom was actually his father's sister.
1: Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) Yep. So King Tut's mom couldn't have been Nefertiti because it was actually his father's sister slash his aunt was his mom, (gasps) which may have explained some of his like physical issues. So, his left foot was badly deformed, uh, possibly by bone necrosis. So, he would have used a cane for his entire life. He had a partial cleft palate. He had mild scoliosis, but he also got malaria at a very young age and had several severe malarial infections throughout his life, which may have been what caused his early death. They also found a significant fracture that had gangrene, so he might have died from a gangrene infection after a fall or something caused a leg fracture.
1: I am so So, blown away by this. Isn't it cool how much they can figure out? Yes. Science is cool, guys.
0: (laughs) Science is so cool. So, basically, King Tut took the throne himself when he was about nine years old, and nobody really knows why he took it from his sister's. I mean, he was probably like, nah, we're not doing this today. Probably he was. He only ruled for about 10 years until he died at the age of 19. See?
1: He didn't have that much time.
0: During yeah. his rule, correct, the country was pretty weak and poor because of the plagues and droughts that had hit Egypt during his dad's rule. So after taking the throne, he married his younger half-sister, Akenis oh, wow. is her name. That's
1: pretty, but what is going on? I practice they all the not- so They do not extend beyond the family they're like listen you got marry someone in this room right now they're trying to keep that bloodline
0: yeah (laughs) pick one before you're literally (laughs) it's crazy so he and his wife who was his younger sister had two daughters and neither of them survived infancy for pretty obvious reasons so while he ruled for this really short time, he allowed people to return to praying to multiple gods. He attempted to mm-hmm. fix some of the diplomatic relationships with other empires that had died since his dad took the throne. And he was assisted by this older counselor named Ai. And Ai would go on to take the throne after King Tut died. Okay.
1: Yeah. Scandalous.
0: So things were going fairly well for him until he died. Everyone seems to think that As he did like— As with most people. Not unfair. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone seems to think that he did like okay as a ruler, but like that he was nothing really special. And especially like, given how grand his tomb was, people were like, Oh, he must have been super mm-hmm. cool. And then they're finding all these texts where they're like, no. nah, I think he was just really into himself. And so basically the whole reason he's so memorable is because of how well preserved this
1: tomb is. Mm, that's so weird. I bet he I bet he threw his sister's bodies out. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Nope. I mean That's what I think. I don't know how he did it because he had a cane, but he got somebody else to do it.
0: When you're the the full-on king of Egypt, I feel like you can just pay someone, right? Or like ask them to do it. And they're like, okay, Pharaoh. (laughs) Maybe you don't even
1: have to pay them, baby. Please don't kill me. (laughs) Right.
0: So the descriptions inside this tomb seem to suggest that he died like really suddenly, hence the like maybe broken leg gangrene thing. And his tomb Mm -hmm. was closed 70 days after, which is like the bare minimum, right? So he was buried like immediately after, and they were like, get this buried and let's move on. Um, mm-hmm. And it wasn't disturbed again until it was dug up in 1922. This is the last thing I'm going to tell you about, though. Okay. So when his tomb was opened—
1: If you saved it for last, it's it's probably it wild.
0: very weird. And I want to get your opinion on okay. it because I'm very interested to hear what you think about it. So when his tomb was opened, really weird things started happening to Howard Carter's team and several prominent people who visited the tomb after— One of them went home to find a cobra sitting inside his house, eating its pet canary in its cage. And the cobra is actually the symbol of the Egyptian monarchy. So people took this as like a bad sign that you had disturbed something that you shouldn't have disturbed. Yes. Another Mm -hmm. one died under mysterious, mysterious circumstances that involved arsenic poisoning, and they never figured out who did it. One was smothered to death in his bed, and his killer was never caught. Another cut himself while shaving and died of blood poisoning. Okay. One guy received a gift from Carter um, Howard Carter, af- the guy who led the um, the guy who led the excursion. This guy received a gift from Carter after visiting the tomb, and it was a mummified hand. Why? Great question.
1: Send chocolates. If you ever, everyone loves wine. <laughs> what is wrong with you?
0: <laughs> everyone loves a scarf. Like. If you ever feel the need to send a body part as a gift, just Stop. re-think it.
1: Stop and ask Stop. yourself, what are you doing?
0: <laughs> Should I send this hand? No. The answer is no. So, shortly after he received this gift, his house burned down. Yes. And then, when they rebuilt the house, they saved the hand from the burning house. And when they rebuilt it, a flood washed the new
1: house away. <laughs> I would have started that fire with that hand if someone sent that to me. Authentically, same.
0: Overall, um, eight people out of the 58 who entered the tomb died weird deaths like this, Mm -hmm. leading a lot of people to theorize that King Tutankhamun's tomb was actually cursed. And the media went, like, wild with the story in 1922. Like, maybe they just wanted a puff piece then. (laughs) They
1: didn't care. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Because this led to basically what is the popularized version, and there have been, like, several movies, and, like, The Mummy is, like, loosely based mm-hmm. on this, but it's called The Pharaoh's Curse. And so a lot of people hypothesize that, like, if you go into King Tut's tomb, you're going to be cursed forever.
1: Yeah. Who would do that? Who? Authentically who? Who? A
0: of all. Not me. B of all. Um, do you believe in curses?
1: Yes. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> End of that conversation. <laughs> sure I do. I, I expected
0: more of a discussion, but here I am. I'm here for it. And
1: same, kind of. I believe in all that stuff. I believe, like, tell me something I probably believe it in. Do you like, believe in ghosts? I'm like, n- yes. You believe in ghosts? I'm on the fence. Yes. I'm on the
0: fence. Because as a scientist, I'm like, probably not. But as a.
1: Nope. Uh uh-uh. uh. As someone you, who is you not trying listen. to get haunted. A bitch is not trying to get haunted. If someone was like, "Oh, cool, found this tomb," I'd be like, "Shut up, girl. We're not talking about that tomb, and I'm not going there." Mm -hmm. Like, who? I mean, I know like history and science, and like they want to preserve. Not me. I don't want to preserve shit. I ain't the one. I I do not want to know. Preserve (laughs) it with somebody else. I don't want to piss anything off. Like, who knows? Maybe don't send me no mummy hand. (laughs) I do not send me that, and I will send it right the fuck back. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Nope. uh Uh-uh. I bet King Tut went to that little judgment and he was like, listen, I know it's my time to die, but whenever shit gets cray and they find this, I want to go and I want to kill or haunt or whatever those people. And they're like, that sounds cool.
0: And the crocodile god was like, no, that sounds reasonable.
1: Yeah. And then after you're done, I'm going to eat you because you definitely lied and like probably (laughs) killed your sisters, et cetera. So like you you definitely did some shady shit with your sisters. Your one sister that you married, like, we gotta talk about that.
0: We do. Not we, we him but, and the crocodile like, Him God, and the crocodile guy, yeah. I'm not yeah, on the panel, I don't, panel. I don't know.
1: That's not my business. <laughs> Mind your business, Jess. Okay. Sips tea. Minded. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't me. Didn't involve that's me. that's none of my business, though. Never heard of her. <laughs> Who? Never heard. Maritotton? Don't know her. And that's mummies.
0: Have a, have a very
1: mummy Christmas have a holly jolly christmas but this time bring some mummies please cut that out we can cover anything
0: it's our podcast we can do whatever we want
1: we can do whatever we like yeah Yeah. (laughs) you guys are super cool follow us on our social media socialmeets.com
0: yeah, let us know what you think of the content Yeah, <laughs> yeah, send us, us some us ideas mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If I fucked up every single name of every single Egyptian person in the story Please tell us Come at, come at me, I'm so Please sorry <laughs> If we make a mistake, we want to know Yeah give, give us a correction I mean, don't Yeah Like, but like do. be reasonable Don't add us <laughs> like, on Like, send an email Right, correct Yeah, like, right. be cool about it, you know